Hi everyone, welcome to the Life with Fibromyalgia podcast. This is your host, Noemi. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Uh, For those of you that are new to my podcast, I suffer from fibromyalgia. And that is due to a vehicle accident in 2010. I suffer from PTSD, anxiety, major depression, and have been diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder traits and bipolar type 2. Uh, the bipolar disorder type 2 uh, I think is a little questionable, um, but those are my diagnoses. So I guess you'll hear about that um, throughout the podcast episodes that I create, uh, but those are my diagnoses. And uh, if you would like to hear more about my journey, the uh, episode title intro explains uh, this into greater detail. Honestly, I do not remember what is in that episode, but I think I'll have to do an updated episode, so maybe you can skip that one and uh, just wait till I release uh, the new one. Also, I... Yeah, I think I'll just remake that intro. I That was my very first episode, actually, so it might be really, really bad. So, like I said, I'll have to create a new one. Okay, so today I'll be talking about my experience after being discharged from having an anterior artificial disc replacement, most specifically hours after being discharged. But before getting into that, Today is my five-week post-op, and I still can't believe it, honestly. My neck is, isn't hurting like it used to. It just hasn't been hurting at all. And if it did hurt, it was in the beginning uh, or just after my, my surgery. Um, but, you know, that's normal pain, so that is completely gone. The occasional discomfort might be from stress, more muscle-related, but not close at all to what it was before. I can actually recognize a difference. When I saw my neurosurgeon two weeks ago after surgery, I told him if I could give him a very big hug. I I am very thankful. Um, I think he did a very good job. And uh, he agreed with me that, you know, I, I, that I really wanted to give him a hug, but it wasn't safe to do so, you know, especially now with the pandemic. Uh, well, because of that reason. Um, so I uh, just thanked him and uh, he smiled. So that was nice. Okay, so I'm currently able to drive and uh, can move my neck almost uh, to what you would consider normal. I stopped taking Norco maybe, I think it was the second week, just about mid-second um, week. I was, I was just switching over to the over-the-counter painkillers. And now I rarely need painkillers and maybe a muscle relaxer a day. But as of the past few days, I've been okay. I haven't taken a muscle relaxer and I haven't. Uh, needed any Norco. And yeah, it's been great. Um, unfortunately, um, I think I, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned 
in my previous episode, but I'm having horrible um, lower back pain. I guess it's mostly like mid-back and lower back pain, which has been hurting for so long, you know, including my neck. But now that my neck is a lot better, I guess, you know, my brain focuses so much on the lower back now. And so that's very uh, annoying and frustrating because uh, laying down or standing or sitting are very uncomfortable. So it's kind of hard to to just uh, sit down and relax. Um, You know, of course, I do have my moments when it is gone um, and it's okay. But if I just slouch for a second or just slouching overall just doesn't help and it's the pain will be there for a day or so. Um, For example, today I'm having a lot of pain, lower back pain, and I couldn't find my ibuprofen today, so I decided to take the meloxicam that I got from my neurosurgeon, and it really didn't do anything. So I'm really disappointed about that. Uh, So I'm just dealing with it right now. So... Yeah, if my brain is all over the place today, that's the reason. But so far, I think I'm doing a good job. So I, like I said, I'm able to move my neck almost to what you would consider normal. Um, Of course, if I turn way too much, um, it just is a weird feeling. I think it's mostly my muscles kind of like getting used to it. So it's not painful. It's just my muscles. I feel, I guess it's almost like in a spasm or a cramp. Uh, so, I mean, it's just when I turn too, like, too far. So, okay. So, like I said, I stopped Norco, so I'm good now uh, away from that because I wasn't able to drive and I really needed to drive to my appointments and Um, just to get away, especially with my depression. It's uh, really important to get out of the house. Um, So at least I go take the dogs to the dog park. Um, And that really helps. Uh, Just furry animals (laughs) make me happy. So I've been doing that. And let's see, looking at my notes here, especially with fibro fog. It's just ridiculous. There's no way I can make the episode without my notes. Oh, so lately I've been receiving my uh, medical bills from the surgery and that's been kind of stressful because, you know, I haven't been working so everything has had to be paid um, from uh, donations basically. Um, So that's been, it's been nice to to feel all the love and support from friends and family. So that's been really nice. Although, you know, there's only so much that, uh, you know, eventually you spend all of it, uh, you know, with medical bills. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm scheduled to go back to work next week and I don't know how I'm gonna do it with my back pain. Just sitting down for eight hours is gonna be interesting. And I know I can take breaks, but even then uh, when I get up, it, walking no matter what it just won't go away so um, if I'm lucky it will so I'm going to talk about the hours after being discharged from my ADR surgery so once I was discharged my boyfriend drove me back home and I and he stayed just a few hours 
So during the daytime, he was making sure I had uh, my medication schedule set up. And a few hours um, later, he drove back home um, to his home. And I began to feel a lot of pain. I cannot stress enough how painful it was uh, due to um, dealing with the fibro. I just just kept dealing with it and I was just like, okay, you know, if I'm used to this pain, this type of pain, then, you know, I can just deal with it. Uh, but it finally got to the point that I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Uh, the painkillers, uh, just the medication that I was given um, and the muscle relaxer that was prescribed just wasn't working for me and the pain remained the same, if not worse. So what exactly was painful? Uh, the muscle spasms and cramping were the most painful. Uh, it's the most painful thing I've ever experienced. Um, and I guess it's a different kind of pain, um, just my muscles cramping up and it was just horrible. I kept twitching. Eventually the swallowing uh, started to become a big problem because the painkiller that they were giving me at the hospital was wearing off. So immediately after swallowing, my body would, like I said, twitch. And that was because of how painful it was. Uh, I tried to stay away from swallowing in general, but it was just, it just wasn't getting any better. And eventually, you know, I had to swallow. So I always dreaded when that time you know, to swallow came around. So it's a bit of a blur after that, but I do remember bits and pieces. Uh, I remember my sister calling the hospital so that they could call the neurosurgeon and have him call me back. So he prescribed a stronger medication and sent it over to the 24-hour pharmacy. And since I was feeling pretty much desperate, I called my boyfriend and asked if he could pick me up or pick up the medications and come get me. And when he arrived, I took them as soon as I was able to. At this point, it was probably about 4 a.m. or later. And when he was uh, ready to go, he told me that I was more than welcome to stay at his place and recover there. Then he asked me if I wanted to go to the ER uh, considering the new medication wasn't doing anything to relieve the pain and muscle spasms. So I hesitated for a while, but finally said I couldn't do it anymore. And uh, especially when I began to twitch a lot more and the swallowing was just ridiculously painful. So we get to the ER and I was given morphine. And all I remember from that visit was hearing the surgeon talk to my neurosurgeon over the phone. And the hospital surgeon wasn't talking very nicely to my doctor because he said that he should have prescribed something stronger that, that he had, than what he had given me. And although he did say he did a great job after, or he said he did a great job um, after looking at the x-rays that were taken, um, and I forget what medication the surgeon prescribed, but later when I went home, it didn't do anything for me either. So there I go again uh, to the ER, and this time I was near my boyfriend's house because I was recovering there. And they once again gave me a strong painkiller while I was there, and I was, I was out. 
I was asleep. And I pretty much vaguely remember having a CT scan and later talking to the surgeon there. And I know he prescribed uh, prednisone. I'm probably saying that incorrectly. Um, but he gave me that and another muscle relaxer. And uh, he gave me pain medication. And I think the name of that medication was like hydromorphone or something like that. I'm pretty bad with this. Um, and I can't remember exactly the name, but somewhere along those lines. And so my neurosurgeon didn't prescribe prednisone because I told him I was extremely afraid of, um, of it uh, causing a mood swing. And I went back to my boyfriend's house and started recovering a lot more comfortably with, um, with the uh, prednisone, the hydromorphone, and um, the muscle relaxer, which I can't remember um, the name of the muscle relaxer. Might have been flexural, not sure. And I think it was midweek, um, the second week post-op, that I stopped taking the uh, very strong painkiller. Uh, Might have been earlier than that. Um, so I pretty much just had the muscle spasms um, or cramps. Th those were the only thing bothering me. It wasn't painful. It was just that I don't know if if painful would also describe the the cramping, but just the overall pain of the surgery was not there anymore. I didn't need the uh, the pain medication, but just the muscle relaxer just made everything fine. So um, by the second week, I was just taking the the muscle relaxer. So moving on from that. So my experience uh, might have been or might seem like a horror story um, to some of you, especially most uh, definitely for those of you that don't like hospitals or never have had surgery before. But please remember that we all react differently to medications. And also, I take a lot of medications aside from, from uh, naltrexone and Lyrica for fibro. Um, I take uh, medications for my depression, PTSD, anxiety, sleep, and panic attacks. Um, so I also have PCOS, which yet adds another pill to the list. So that's important uh, to take into consideration. And also, even though naltrexone is an this is yet another word that I don't like because I have trouble um, pronouncing, but I think it's opioid antagonist. So that is what naltrexone, naltrexone is. And um, I was thinking that it could have affected uh, my reaction to the uh, strong painkillers, saying that in replacing the opioids, because uh, I have trouble with that. But I was given it, um, I was having trouble with uh, the opioids I was given after surgery, most likely, you know, I thought maybe I didn't stop uh, naltrexone, you know, at a good time, and I stopped it 10 days prior to surgery, and um, if I'm not mistaken, it only takes uh, some hours to, to, get it, to get it out of your system as opposed to, you know, days you know, depending which naltrexone you're taking. I believe there's a liquid. I'm not sure. I, I think I read that. But if you're interested in reading more about it, um, I just made a, 
simple Google search uh, naltrexone and what it's used for. But in for fibro, um, it's basically a low dose naltrexone, and it it does like a synergistic effect with Lyrica. And I haven't been on naltrexone for a long time, and by a long time I mean not consistently. I know I've stopped it, I've taken it, so I really, I feel like I don't really know if it has helped me or not, although I feel like just Lyrica in general hasn't been helping me at all. I'm even contemplating stopping uh, taking Lyrica, but uh, that is yet something I have to think about and explore a little bit more online just to find more information, you know, what can help but that'll be something to worry about later. So what could have been the problem, you may ask? Um, well, you know, with uh, me not responding to the opioids that, or some of them that they had given me or prescribed. And, uh, you know, after doing some research online, um, I read that fibromyalgia could have been the cause. I, you know, was researching, you know, what could have been the problem with the meds and you know, them being very ineffective. And I stumbled upon a uh, WebMD article, which was, I'm going to give you some information about the article. It was uh, medically reviewed by Dr. David Salmon, and that was in August uh, 12th of 2019. And the article is titled, What are the treatments for fibromyalgia? And, uh, by the way, I put the website link in the description of the episode if uh, you're interested on reading the article or you can just, you know, look up the title that I just mentioned. Um, but I put a few links in the description um, about things um, that I'm pretty much talking about and you'll see a link to the naltrexone, uh, you know, what it's about. Oh yeah, moving on with the article. So in short, um, over-the-counter medications uh, may help relieve some pain, um, but we don't. People with fibro, um, we don't respond similarly um, taking opioids, and it turns out we don't respond to opioids very well. So I, I think my doctors had a hard time controlling my pain um, because of the fibro. Uh, I know my neurosurgeon was aware that I had, um, you know, mental health issues because I voiced my concern about taking a steroid. But definitely lesson learned. If I need an additional surgery, which I might for my lower back, I will make sure that everyone on the treatment team knows that um, people with fibro don't respond well to opioids. And, um, and pretty, you know what? Honestly, I wish I had done more research to find out all the scientific um, background to this issue, but even though I haven't been uh, working, I've been working on all the medical bills I received and on uh, my mom's uh, medical issues. Um, I feel like I just kind of went on a tangent there. And uh, so as of right now, um, we're in the process of finding Oh, with my mom's, um, I, like I said, going off on a tangent. I've been dealing with uh, my mom's uh, medical issue. As of right now, we're in the process of finding an infectious disease specialist um, to uh, find out more about the uh, Lyme, Lyme disease. So I'm 
pretty sure I'll be talking about this on a future episode. But overall, uh, I'm afraid um, how I'm just afraid of the future, how things will progress, and just wondering how debilitating um, the symptoms will be. Uh, just just nervous about all that. But uh, just uh, now that you've heard my experience after being discharged from having uh, an ADR, I'd like to emphasize that. Um, making your surgeon well aware of your diagnosis or diagnoses is extremely important. Um, no matter if the um, doctor doesn't believe in fibro, still let them know um, about the opioids not being as effective as it is um, to others. In my situation, I did respond well to the hydromorphone, so please do your research about this um, before having surgery if you have fibro. I don't know other people with um, fibro to know if they've had a similar experience, but this was my experience and I just recommend um, doing additional research. And quite honestly, uh, I, you know, reading about this, how we don't respond well to opioids was pretty eye-opening and uh, I'll definitely uh, keep this in mind, but I'm kind of curious if there might have been something else that could have interfered um, with how I res- was responding to some some of the opioids. But um, yeah, I, I hope this helps. And if any of you have similar experiences to what I just talked about, I'd be interested to hear about it. It'd be really nice to, to hear how, it's, how it affects other people with fibro. I kind of feel, you know, like it's just me because I don't know anybody with it. So, yeah, I'm just curious um, if any of you have gone through this. All right, so uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you all uh, want me to talk a little bit more uh, specifically about something, uh, just shoot me an email at lifewfibro at gmail.com and I'll be uh, more than happy to talk about it. On the next episode, I'll be talking about my current lumbar problem, which pretty much might lead to another spine surgery, so stay tuned. I do have an appointment coming up with my neurosurgeon in July, so I'll be going over the results then. If you have any questions, again, about anything, feel free to email me, again, at live wfibro at gmail.com or simply leave a comment and uh, if you like my podcast and have time I'd appreciate you rating my podcast and leaving a review. Um, In addition, uh, if you'd like to visit my website, it's in the description but I can uh, give it to you now. It's livewithfibro.podbean.com and podbean uh, spelled uh, P-O-D B-E-A-N. And so my, actually my website background image has two of my uh, disc replacement x-rays if you're interested to see it. So yeah, you can just go to the website and check out my my um, disc replacement, the x-ray. So yeah, once again, uh, thanks for listening and uh, until next time. Bye.